Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with an eBay guaranteed fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Are your money back? Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Picture this. It's blazing hot outside and you need to head to work. You get into your car and turn on the AC to get cold air pumping as soon as possible, but it doesn't work. Instead, blowing hot air out of your vents and directly into your face. No, your car doesn't hate you. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the air conditioning system, and there's an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. There's no need to go to the shop and pay lots of money when you can save time and money recharging yourself with AC Pro Recharge Kits. AC Pro Recharge Kits make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience. And the AC Pro app offers clear, vehicle-specific instructions to help you get the job done in less than 10 minutes. So pick up an AC Pro Recharge Kit at any store selling auto products and confidently restore your car's cold air yourself today. Be a pro with AC Pro. This is a production of Dirty Mo Media. We are winding down in July. We are on the back stretch, the back nine of the month of July, and um, it's perfect time in IndyCar because even though it's winding down in July, this season is just picking up, folks. We just left Toronto. We're heading to Iowa for a doubleheader. We got a lot of racing going on, and there's no better place to be than on Speed Street, and that's what this is. That's where we are. I'm Joey Molinero. Thanks for being with us. And, of course, my partner in crime, my co-host, my pal, the driver of the number 20 Bit Nile ride in the NTT IndyCar Series, Connor Daly. How we doing, bro? Uh, you know what? All is well. Uh, Toronto sucked, but uh, we will rebound very, very strong in Iowa. Uh, Toronto was almost great. We were on for a, a decent strategic masterpiece, um, but it just didn't play out how it uh, how it needed to. So uh, a lot went on on the weekend. It was a tough one, really physical race. Um, but uh, but yeah, definitely just ready, you know, ready to get to uh, to Iowa to get things going. Yeah, man, it's a great show today. We're going to recap Toronto. We're going to look ahead to Iowa. We got the SRX Championship coming up this weekend with our pal Marco Andretti leading the points there. He's already been texting me about videos that he wants uh, for the weekend. And if he wins, you know, just, you know, uh, hiring me to be a jester for him and send him funny videos, which is all good. We're hoping for that. Um, but then we also talked to Graham Rahal. Uh, Graham Rahal is uh, a dude that Connor's known for a long time. I have gotten to know and really enjoy it, man. I mean, he we, we had an insightful conversation with Tony Kanaan last week, but uh, Graham really brought it this week, I'd say. Yeah, absolutely. Um, known Graham uh, really since I was a kid. Uh, Graham was, um, was, was the man who called me on the phone 
Uh, as I was uh, leaving for Europe when I was 18 years old, uh, I was at the airport. I was leading the Indy Lights Championship at the time, and uh, I was off to you know go begin my European journey, my four years in Europe pursuit of Formula One. And uh, he called me. I'll never forget. He's like, "Are you sure you want to go? Are you sure you want to leave? Like because you could, you are in a position right now to be a immediate." threat in IndyCar immediately hired to have a job with a good team. Um, and so, you know, he, he definitely cares. And, and I, and I respect that. I've, I've known his family. Our moms are best friends. Our dads raced against each other. Uh, Graham has fixed my Subaru several times at his, uh, Graham mm-hmm. Rahal per- performance shop. Uh, yeah. Graham has driven me to Cleveland to get or Toledo, Ohio, um, to, uh, to get my Subaru fixed. So Graham's done a lot for me in my career and my life, uh, in general. And, um, and yeah, it's just a, a great, a great conversation with him because I think he's got a, he, he's got a very smart business mind. You know, he's a racing driver, but he's also got very successful businesses. He sells yep. supercars like they're going out of style. Um, and you know, it's, it's just, it's just impressive to see his brain work at that level. And, and, uh, and it's a great conversation. Yeah, no doubt. Looking forward to that coming up. Uh, but you mentioned off the top, I, or Toronto was not uh, a great weekend for you. You were honest about it. Some things that just didn't go your way. And I, I kind of was curious about them. Take us through on Saturday kind of what happened and, and, and what ensued there to why it set you up for a tough Sunday. Yeah, well, you know what's interesting about when I when I joined Ed Carpenter Racing, um, you know, we were just getting into the AeroScreen era, and and our first season together, you know, was was just was just awful all across the board, and and you know, it, it it's not it's not the team's fault. I think all of us in general, you know, me as a driver, struggling to you know get to grips with the car with the AeroScreen and how it changed the handling, um, and. You know, we we kind of knew what we wanted to do, and then tw- the, the next season, 2021, a lot of places we were a lot better. Um, you know, several places we I want to say almost every track we qualified better than 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 we did in 2020. Um, and then obviously this year has been my strongest you know points year ever. So you know we are improving, but Toronto is a place that we haven't been to yet since the AeroScreen era. And so all we have is really information from, you know, 2019 when the team ran there, I was obviously not with the team. Uh, I hadn't raced there since 2018. And again, it, it was a struggle for both Renus and I, it was very, very similar to, to, to our long beach struggles. We, I, I think we clearly have, you know, some, some things that we want to work on as a team, you know, for that street course package, I would say that has been our um, probably our weak spot for sure this year. And, um, you know, I, I, I think we know, you know, a little bit about what it is, uh, but we changed a lot over the weekend. We, we tried to, you know, the team worked their butts off to try to, you know, try to give me the car that we, that we needed. Um, and then in qualifying, it just ended up being a disaster. Anyway, a lot of people, a lot of comments on, on how that all worked out. And even my dad, my dad called me for like a 30 minute conversation, trying to understand what went on. And the fact of the matter was in qualifying, right. There's only, you know, 13 cars in our group. The track is plenty wide enough for, you know, or plenty long enough for, for 13 cars to get a gap to do laps. Uh, and on that first lap of the qualifying session, right, everyone goes out. Everyone's trying to get a gap so you never get traffic. Um, and I was the last car out of pit lane, right? We were, we were very far back in the, in the pit lane. Uh, we were the last car out. Um, and so, you know, obviously we're going to be trying to get a gap. Everyone's trying to get a gap. But there was one driver who decided that they needed 
more of a gap than anyone else, even though we're only doing three laps. And that's annoying because it's, it's not necessary. And I think we all kind of, I thought we all understood that, look, you get a gap for qualifying. No one is a second faster than anyone in this qualifying session. So you're not going to catch, you're not going to go through a three second, four second gap in two laps. So I don't care how big your ego is. You're not going to catch the guy in front of you. You're not, I'm sorry. Even if it's Jimmy and then poor Jay, Jimmy, Jimmy was all right this weekend. He was not too bad, but, um, but someone decided to delay everything. And when I got around turn six, turn seven, which is the timeline is exiting turn eight, Kyle Kirkwood. And I believe Devlin D Francesco, another car were, were kind of still parked in front of me. And so then I'm backing off to try to get a gap behind me. And then all of it just added up my team's timing and scoring froze on their, on their pit stand. So then They can't tell me that Colton's coming up behind me. So when I go, I'm trying to start. This is on my outlap, too. So our tires are still cold. And Colton's already had his outlap and lap number one. Um, And so his tires are nice and warm. Sure enough, I get to turn 11. And Colton's right on my gearbox. I'm like, well, there goes that session. And, And like you get a penalty, which I have a huge problem with this penalty in general because you lose your two fastest laps because I was blocking. But like. I blocked someone, but I was on my outlap. You know what I mean? I was like, so no one is going to set their fastest time on that lap. So why does that even matter? You know what I mean? So I, I don't, it, it was very frustrating to, to obviously see that. I, I don't dispute the rule because if I got blocked, I would want someone to obviously get penalized for that. But like, there was no intentional thing. Like I talked to Colton afterwards. He's like, yeah, I mean, it didn't really matter. Like it was just lap one. I was like, yes, thank you. I get it. And um, it, it was just kind of like a whole just tumultuous situation that should have been avoided in the first place. But in reality, one thing leads to another. Then there's a red flag. You know, your two fastest laps were, were, were eliminated. So we, I mean, we were going to start last anyway. So it was um, just a real, just a real shame uh, to, to, to start last. But it, it is what it is. You know, my teammates started 20th. We were both just on the struggle bus for sure. Um, and I, I, I would say in the race, we definitely made an improvement. I would say in the race, when we were able to strategically kind of work our way forward, you know, I passed, I passed five cars in two laps or four cars in two laps at the beginning, yeah. kind of got us up there a little bit. Um, and then, yeah, strategically, we took advantage of it, you know, pitted right away to get rid of the red so we could run the primary tire the rest of the race. Uh, obviously got up to second place when my teammate was leading and we, we stayed there. So like, it it was, it it was a really, you know, it it was an interesting situation because honestly, when I, when we got to second and actually when I was ahead of new garden as well for a whole stint, we were like fifth or sixth or fourth or fifth, I don't know, but like those guys couldn't pass us. So I, I, there were several tweets that I saw that like, that were saying that like, I was really slow. And I was like, well, no, because like if, if we were, then wouldn't have everyone else passed us? Like, I don't, I don't get it. Like we were not the fastest car. Like we knew that, but like, mm-hmm. still it doesn't, it doesn't matter. You have to be like, we're still racing. So if you're, if you're not fast enough to get by me, well then I'm not just going to go away. You know what I mean? So right. it, it was a, it, <laughs> exactly. And like, and when we were second, guess who's by me? Dixon, Dixon won the race. Dixon was trying to pass me. Like I could see it. Uh, you know, had to defend from him a couple times, but then the yellows just played out the way that um, that everyone else needed and and the way we didn't. 
Uh, and my teammate got really lucky as well. And, and, and on, on when he pitted um, and was able to, to still gain like a bunch of track position because, Oh my gosh, it was just so frustrated to watch. Cause like Renus and I should have been exactly the same position, but because he stayed out and, and pitted on the next yellow, the yellow flag was in the sector that is right next to pit lane. So he was able to pit, go faster than we were on track because we were avoiding Jimmy Johnson and Kyle Kirkwood in the wall. And Renus comes out like 13th instead of cycling all the way to the back. Because normally if you pit from the lead, you think you're probably going to go all the way to the back, but nope, not this time. So it was a, it was a good, very, very fortunate thing for them. Um, and again, track position did seem to be super important. I, I don't, there, there was some overtaking, but not as much as I was expecting, not as much as we saw at, I think other places, especially on that last stint, it just seemed like not many people were going anywhere. So a very, very interesting race overall. I do want to get your thoughts on the incident that happened between Alexander Rossi and Felix Rosenquist. Um, yeah, going into turn three there after that straightaway, right? You saw very, you know, a lot of people trying to pass on straightaway and then heading into three. You know, it's like, am I going to back off? Am I going to give up the spot? You know, and uh, Rossi and, and Rosenquist were, were not, neither one of them were giving it up and it ended up with Rossi in the wall. I don't know if you've been able to see any highlights, see any Twitter highlights, whatever. What do you think about it? Yeah, that's that's tough because I went side by side with a couple different people through that corner and it, it definitely is possible. But I mean, uh, yeah, I, I I definitely think Felix fed him a bit of a wheel. I mean, you, oh, yeah. you can't. But but it also like if if that would have hit Rossi in the side pod or like if it would have hit him um, on the side of the car and not the wheel, I think it would have been a very different reaction as well. Um, but yeah, sadly, the way they made contact is what shot Alex into the wall. I don't even know if it actually broke something on the right front as well. Um, but yeah, just that, that was a tough one. I mean, I, 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 I hated to see it for Alex, but you know, obviously Felix is going to be, you know, Felix is going to be fighting like a mad hog right now. I mean, he's, he's, he's going to be, you know, everyone's signing for McLaren and, and he wants to be the guy still. And, uh, and I respect him for, you know, for having a great race, his first podium with the team. Um, but it definitely was a bit egregious. I would say it was a bit like, Oh, well, I don't, I don't, I, I, I don't, I mean, obviously there's, there's no penalties being handed out for anything and driving standards are, I think a little lower than I would, we would like, but, um, but yeah, I mean, what goes around comes around. You, you got to say. Yeah. Look, I mean, see, because as I'm watching it, you know, him and Rossi are battling for a handful of laps there and they get Rosenquist radio and literally right before it happens, they're like, Hey, Rossi's getting a little sloppy. Should be able to make a move here. And then all of a sudden it comes to turn three and that happens. Now, how much of you're sitting in the seat, right? And, and, and Rosenquist knows the stakes. Rosenquist knows that the man in front of him, Rossi, is coming over to McLaren next year. It's already been out there. Is that going through Rosenquist's head? Is, is he driving Rossi and he's thinking, hey, there's a little bit added of a chip to be able to say, you know what, I'm going to bump you around a little bit because like you said, he's fighting like a hog for his spot. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot of subconscious thoughts in racing. There's a lot of things that you don't actively think about, but they're going on in the back of your head, right? Like I, I 
when, when, when Pagano was two cars in front of me, right? Like at the last stint, I'm like, I don't care what happens, but I got to get this guy. You know what I mean? Like didn't matter who was in front of me, what was going on. You know, it didn't happen, but like, it, it does cross your mind, right? Like it, it, like people that you've had a beef with or people that you've got, you know, some interesting history with it's, it's going to go through your head. Um, and I, and, and for sure, Felix, why not? Like sometimes you, you know, you, you make moves with a little bit more passion, with a little bit more aggression because of what's going on on the outside. Um, you know, Felix wants to be an IndyCar driver. I think, I think he wants to be, uh, you know, more respected in that team and, and, you know, why not go for it? It, it was a late move too. like the break zone for some reason to kind of give people like a, a technical, uh, I guess, analysis of Toronto, I, I would say the break zones were very, very, the most challenging break zones that we've had all year for some reason. Uh, I know on our car, you know, we were really struggling with the rear tires locking on the initial stab of the brake pedal, uh, trying to go forward on the brake bias, but not dragging the fronts in at the at the apex of turn three. Turn three is a probably one of the heaviest brake zones that we have really on our calendar because you're you're hauling hauling the mail down that straight, flying on overtake, you know, high uh, 180s, almost 190 miles an hour, uh, you know, into a first gear hairpin uh, that kind of goes uphill. Um, and, and so that's a real challenging break zone, but it seemed like the, some of the cars, some of the teams, you know, had real strong braking capability and some of the teams didn't even, you know, my teammate Felix, when he got passed by Pato, he was like, I have no idea how he was able to break that late and still make the corner. You know what I mean? So there's definitely some different philosophies on, um, you know, on braking and, and, and setups that, that were helping, uh, you know, certain cars in Toronto, but, um, but yeah, tough Tough situation for Alex. Hate to see that for him. Um, but, uh, you know, more fuel for his fire uh, when we come out swinging in, uh, in Iowa. For sure. I did think it was really interesting. I tweeted about it, how we had some pretty close contact there with Erickson and Pillow. They were going back and forth for a while. Uh, you had man. a red on the blue car. There's some nasty drama brewing, man. I was like, please give me a little bit more contact. Give me a little bit more between these two because can you imagine if Polo would have would have bumped Erickson out or, or, or vice versa, how much we're just even thrown in even more. Like NBC said, that cauldron, that the cauldron of hate. I mean, it would have been brutal. Man, I wish I would have seen it. I wish I would have seen it because that would have – it was so close too, and, and that was such a late move by Alex. That's not really his thing, and like – he easily could have cut Marcus's left rear tire as well. Like he definitely yeah. made contact with him, and you know, thankfully these cars and the, the Firestone tires are pretty tough for sure. But um, but I was just surprised. It was almost like one of those kind of launch yourself out of a cannon moves into the brake zone that not that don't normally work. Like it was one of those things where as soon as Alex did it, you could tell he was trying to get out of it, and there wasn't a lot of room to play with there. Um, but there's definitely some. There's definitely some some stuff going on on the grid here, and we're we're literally multiple times in that race. You were inches away from a bigger accident. Will Power throwing his car down the inside at the start into Grosjean, like that was that should have been a four car accident. Like I, I actually don't know what Will Power was doing. Like when I saw that replay, I was like, he literally just was never going to stop the car until he hit another car. And like he happened, like the wheel bounced out of his hand and happened to catch it in the right area to keep going. But like that, that was, that, that should have been a big accident. You know, Alex almost hitting Marcus, that should have been a big accident. Cause that was again in a real tight area of the track where everyone stacked up. Um, yeah. 
So, you know, we're, we're just inches away from, from kind of bigger incidents that, uh, that have a major impact on, on the season. Cause again, even Will Powers up there for the points and he almost took himself out of it right out the gate. Um, and, you know, and that one was not Grosjean's fault at all. That one was just like, man, I don't know what Will was doing, but, um, but yeah, there was, there was a lot of interesting near misses at, um, you know, at gate or at gateway at Toronto. Um, but in, in general, that race, I mean, it was great to see the people there kind of to get away from the racing. Like it was an awesome crowd. Uh, great to be back in Toronto, even, even if the Toronto airport was the least efficient airport I've ever seen, uh, it was an incredible experience just to be back there and experience the Canadian fans. It's something a little bit different. It, it makes you feel, it kind of gives you a bit of a formula one vibe. Like it gives you like the, the fans that are there, like they're very passionate about, you know, whatever driver it is. Like, it just seems like we're kind of at a higher level there than some of the U S races. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but it, it was just great to be back. Yeah, man, it looked like it. it looked like it was packed from Friday on, which is great to see. I know they've been dying for y'all to get back up there, um, and 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 y'all made it up there, which was great. Uh, can't move on without from uh, Toronto without talking about the history that was made. Real quick, kudos to Scott Dixon. We saw it. Uh, the master picks up a historic win, tied for second all time. And IndyCar wins with the legendary Mario Andretti just trailing AJ Foyt and like Hinch and Townsend were talking about on the broadcast. Man, Scott looks good. He's, he's driving incredibly good still. Who knows if he's not, you know, got another five, six, however many years left in him. But uh, it's got to be pretty wild to drive with somebody that's up there in those historic charts. Yeah, I mean, Scott's obviously, you know, he's going to be going to go down in history as one of the best, if not the best ever. And I mean, um, it, you know, Scott was in control, you know, I mean, even, even when I was in front of him, you know, I had to throw a block on Scott Dixon, but like Scott Dixon just then settles in, you know what I mean? And I'm like, all right, like I, I get what's going on here. He can clearly see the future. And like, we're, you know, me and Renus are only going to be up there really. If we, if we get this strategy to work perfectly, you know, we needed that we needed it to go green all the way to the end. Cause we had, we didn't have to stop and everyone else did. We were literally, if that Kirkwood Jimmy Johnson caution doesn't happen, I mean, we're on the verge of maybe being the only cars that don't have to stop again. So it, it was so close, but obviously you want to be on Scott Dixon's strategy more often than not, because it always works out. And, uh, and he just did exactly what he needed to do to win. So, you know, him and his engineer, Michael Cannon, who was a great friend of mine, uh, Michael Cannon engineered me my rookie year at Toronto to seventh place. So it's like, so clearly Michael knows what's going on there. Um, and, and, and it's great to see for those guys. And it also spice, you know, spices things up a little bit more now that Dixon's, you know, people start worrying as soon as Dixon starts winning again, they're like, uh Oh, now does he win the next six? You know what I mean? Like, is he on, is he on a heater now? And I'm like, I don't know about that. Like let's, I was going to be tough for everyone. And that's Joseph Newgarden's, um, area to, to, to be strong. So very, very, uh, very, very good weekend overall for sure. For Dixon, yeah. at least. <laughs> yeah, no, for Dixon, I mean, Ganassi, really. They were in turmoil the whole week, and then all of a sudden you get first, fifth, sixth, and, uh, you know, Jimmy, what happened there? But you get three cars in top six for Ganassi. Yeah, I guess that's just what they do. Uh, all right, man, you want to talk to Graham? Yeah, let's get into it with him. Well, as we mentioned, uh, we have a great guest this week, a, uh, a man that I have known for many years of my life. Uh, our parents, our friends, our fathers competed against each other. Um, fairly sure our moms are like best friends. Uh, and it is the driver of the 
number 15 that has more sponsors than anyone else on the grid, uh, Graham Rahal. So thank you, Graham, for being here. Thank you. And I think you're right about our moms. Every time I talk to my mom, she's with Beth every <laughs> single time. There you go. And for those who also don't know, I lived with Graham's stepfather in England in for like three years. So I, I have, I, I dated Graham's younger sister. I lived with his stepdad. Like I, this is a long time connection you know. to the Ray Hall family and uh, everyone's always been very good to me there. So I'm very, very appreciative. <laughs> yeah. Were you protective big, were you protective big brother or what was your role there? You got Connor coming in Were you, you know, were you giving him a cold shoulder? Were you welcoming uh, I was a little bit of both. I mean, he was like a little brother at the time, you know, they, they were young. So I, I think it was fairly harmless play back then. Uh, knowing, <laughs> knowing him today, I'd probably be a little more nervous, but uh, back then we were, we were good. Um, you know, but uh, I, yeah, I remember those days well, man, running, uh, running back and forth the Indy from Columbus. And, you know, I was doing the opposite. I was dating a girl in Indy. So kind of worked out sometimes that, uh, that that's the way we could, we could carpool back and forth, but uh yeah, man, we go we go back a long ways. Um, obviously, with Chris, with my stepdad, and in England, you know, Connor. I was thinking about last night when I said that on the radio in Barber, like twenty years ago. It feels like now. Uh, yeah, but I was uh, I was I was running up front, and I, I just uh, decided to scream through the radio, "Hey, make sure Connor remembers he lived with my stepdad." I was just looking for any favor for you to wave me by as quick as you could. <laughs> but anyway, it's all oh, I remember. I remember. And I was saying yeah. it jokingly, but most people did not get it. Most people don't get my humor and that's okay. I have no problem with that. That's all right. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of miscommunicated radio messages and a lot of interesting things that happen in our sport. And uh, it's all good. We go back a long way, but I, I, I have a lot of questions for you, many questions. Um, but obviously we'll, we'll keep it to a few, but I, I think what's been very interesting. If we get right into racing, like, Graham Rahal did not forget how to drive this year. Like we all know that like drivers don't just randomly forget how to drive. Like you guys for sure, I think have had a tougher season than people expected it to go. And like, we know that Jack Harvey went there and Christian Lundergardner Smithsteenville and he like good guys. Everyone's come together. Like I know a lot of the engineers on the team, a lot of the crew guys, obviously for a long time. Um, but like this new era of IndyCar, I think is it's obviously got a very, very small window and you guys definitely nailed it in Toronto, right? All three cars looked a lot faster. You were, you were back at the front. Like I think Graham normally is, is there something that you've been working on to get to that point or what has been the contributing factor you think to, to, to this, to this, this season so far? Well, I think overall in the year has just been brutal. I think it, it's, as you said, it's so competitive, but it's such a small window that we started to chase down likely clearly the wrong path. But once you get down that path, it's really hard to revert back in the period of time that we have. It's not like you can go test all the time. It's not like you can do much on the race weekends. Heck, we all keep talking about it. You know, the fans have been disappointed because on Friday, there's only one session. You know, none of us run for half of it. Well, that's because there's no tires, you know? And it's like, it's, yeah. as we said in driver's meeting in Toronto, like, give us more tires, man. We'll run the whole time. We could use it. Trust me. We could use it. But, you know, we just went down the wrong side, I think, and, um, you know, really got lost and, you um, you know, just, just haven't been competitive at all. You know, we, we, we found some really good stuff, I think for the street course package that uh, showed in Toronto, but having said that, I mean, we were very good, you know, but at the end of that race, man, I was, I was hanging onto my tail uh, pretty hard and, 
you know, and uh, Ericsson's behind me. And, and I mean, those Ganassi cars are still clearly a he- way, you know, big step ahead uh, oh, yeah. of me uh, and even where we were. So, you know, we, we there's more clearly to be found. And hopefully in Nashville, that's the next time we'll get to test that side out. But Nashville, we'll find some more. But yeah, dude, it's been frustrating. And I know, you know, we, we, we get a lot of criticism, I think. You know, I'm a fairly easy target, uh, you know, with my name and everything, too. It's a, it's a big target on my back that I've, I've lived with for a long time. And, you know, but this year, some of the stuff that's gone around about, you know, um, you know, our team in general and, and our capabilities and stuff, it's just it's false. You know, I mean, we're, we're a hell of a team. Uh, but this happens. I think people forget uh, you probably wouldn't. But a handful of years ago, Ganassi was in this spot, you know, and, and midsummer, um, you know, went and, and did a test similar to us in Sebring. And next thing you know, they came back at Toronto, and I think Dixie won or was right up front. So it happens even to the best of them. Um, we just got to claw our way back out. Graham, I know that Mid Ohio is you know pretty much your home course, right? That's you know out there and OH for you, you know near Columbus. But with this weekend in Iowa, I mean, a lot of partnership, a lot of sponsored tie-in for the Ray Hall Group. Does this kind of feel like another home race for you guys there in your squad? It's a big one, dude. It's a big one for us. I would say it's bigger than Ohio in that regard, just because because of the commitment that High V has put into this thing. I mean, you know, when we when we signed up, or when I was in the sponsor meeting pitching them, geez, what was it? You know, 2000 end of end of 2020, maybe. Um, you know, about all the things that we could do together. I remember, you know, Randy Edeker, the CEO, looked to me and goes, "Wait, you're not going back to Iowa?" And I was like, "Uh, well, actually, no." And, you know, I could see the, the fire in his eyes going, okay, we're going to fix that. Um, you know, and they still did the program for 2021, did 10 races with us, you know, came back this year uh, in, I mean, full force, right. With Jack, which has been amazing. Um, but dude, the amount of effort and the money that they put into this Iowa deal is astounding. I would say not a single sponsor, even a sponsor of the Indy 500 hasn't spent the kind of dough hy has spent to bring those four great music acts to, I mean, you guys probably saw my, my social media post, but the, the stands and on the other, that was turn one and two with the kind of suites. If you go to turn three and four, it's basically like a, a viewing deck out there. That's the same. I mean, you'd be looking down on the race cars. If somebody crashes, it's going to be underneath you pretty much. Um, wow. You know, and, and, you know, if you're, if you're camping, right, if you're out there camping, man, they're building a, a, like basically a, a mobile grocery store. And if you're out camping, order your, your, order your groceries online, put in your campsite and they'll deliver them to your campsite. I mean, they're doing wow. stuff that we've never seen before, at least in our sport. And so this is a big one for us to go out and, and be, be strong, but there's a lot of guys that are good there. I mean, Connor, you've been great there. You know, we finished up front there a handful of times, never won it, uh, but been close a couple of times. Um, you know, but obviously Penske, you know, they might as well just rename the track after Joseph. So, you know, we're, that's the target we got to beat. Uh, but it's, it's massive. There's going to be thousands of people. I think there's 8,000 high V employees alone coming each day. Oh, so, yeah. you know, you're, you, it's a big, big deal for us to make sure that we go out and we perform well for them. Yeah, it's awesome, man. I mean, the, 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 the work that your team does and the work that like you in particular do with all these, the partners, I think is, is, is really incredible. And the high V program, I mean, every driver in IndyCar should be thankful for them handwrite them a note or something. Cause like it is, it really is impressive. Like when we went there for the test, we didn't get to go there with like the majority of the cars. We went there with Andretti just like two weeks ago and they were working on those, 
those giant yeah. scaffolding type uh, spectator areas. And it, it's, it's almost like they're building like a football stadium type atmosphere around this racetrack. And the, the concerts, I mean, it's, it's incredible. I mean, none of those people I've seen live yet, but you're like, I would like to see all of them live at some point in my life. And, you know, we're a little busy, but it's, it, it's something that you, you are right. I don't know if we've seen that type of, I guess not necessarily activation, but I guess it is a combination of activation, but also passion to make an event like the coolest event. I would say gateway did a really good job when they yeah. came back. Like they've done a really good job with their event, obviously indies indie, but like to create something like Iowa is, I mean, it's always been a great race, I think, but now it's like, wow, we want to go there. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and it's something that's like back on the schedule. It's two races that are presented by, you know, DoorDash and Google. I mean, that, those are yeah. like, those are big names. And like, I assume that you guys and your team were involved a lot with how, like, was Iowa coming back on the schedule, like a major reason why High V is the primary on Jack's car for like the whole year? Well, so the way that whole thing started, first off, you're right. Uh, I think Curtis and Chris and the guys at St. Louis, they nailed it too. You know, yes. They know how to promote. In fact, I was saying to IndyCar, like get Curtis and Chris and get their tails to Dallas, Texas and yes. get them to promote that race. You know, get, get Curtis and Chris and get them to go out and do Portland and play th things like that. You know, because there's, there's races that could definitely, I'm not saying they're bad. And so people listen to this that work for those companies. I'm not saying they're bad. <laughs> But I am saying that there's a different mentality and approach that these people have taken, um, you know, to, to change things. And uh, so for me, you know, I think Hy-Vee is what they've done. They come in and, and the one thing I've learned about them is they just don't, they literally aren't going to do it unless they can do it 100% right, period. Um, I mean, hell, I was in a TV commercial last year for them that had Pink, Wahlberg, uh, Danica was in there. They had... Um, uh, got a, a Kel, Mahomes, Kelsey, like, dude, the, I was like, what are we doing in here? But that's the way that they, they approach things. You know, it's like, they just, they, they're going to do it to the max. In fact, I think this weekend Wahlberg's coming. Um, I believe a couple of their other celebrities are coming. Um, I know Letterman will be there. So it's a bit, it's a big deal. And like, dude, if we can attract, if they can do that in Newton, Iowa, then we ought to be able to do that in Dallas, Texas, or we ought to be able Thousand to do that in so many other places. Right. And even, even Indy, which, you know, which, which I love and, and is the, the end all be all in my heart, but like the musical acts at Iowa are better than Indy. It's just the truth. You know, well, so, I, yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. if you've been to the snake pit. Graham. Okay. Oh, not, yeah, he's not talking snake pit. He's yeah, talking, talking snake pit. pit. All right. I'm too old. I'm too old for that category, brother. That's, that's all for you. But, Me and Graham uh, both are okay. We're dads now. All right. Yeah, Connor, exactly. exactly. Uh, but, uh, but no, I mean, I think um, the high V thing, the way the Iowa came back, I could see the look in, in Randy's eyes, man. I went to Indy for the open test in 2021. Um, and I saw Bud Danker and, and Roger walking through the parking lot. And I stopped and I said, Hey, I gotta, I gotta talk to you guys about something. I think, I think we can do something here. And um, I said, look, they haven't said it to me, but I really think I, that high V wants Iowa back. And I said, so can I connect you with, with my dad and, and get you connected with Randy and see what we can do? And about a month later, it was, it was, you know, a done deal that it was happening. Um, and, and, you know, and I'll give credit to, 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 I mean, Bud Danker, man, that, that guy's the man. 
he is the freaking man. And for sure, you know, for, for those who don't know, he's kind of Rogers right-hand man who does everything. It's unbelievable. But, you know, he was out there, you know, they spent millions just painting Iowa Speedway and that's all on Roger too. You know, that wasn't all necessarily high V, but you know, Roger wants this place to look, look great for, uh, for the fans and, and to be, uh, you know, an inviting place to go to. So, you know, I think they've, they've done a hell of a job as well. So hats off to all of them. Graham, would you say you're the most honest IndyCar driver in the series? I think I'm at the point in my career that I don't really care that much anymore. So I just tell you, tell it, tell it like it is. It's funny. Cause I got all of my teammates, Same. they're young, they're young bucks, you know, and then, you know, Jackson was like, Hey man, say this, Hey, do this, do this. And it's like, it's like their new, like dare every weekend is what, what any idiotic thing can they get me to say? But to be honest, dude, I, I've always liked to be honest. Most people just didn't really like that for most of my career. Um, you know, I remember back in the day, uh, I won't say who, but one of the high up team uh, principals, who's still a very high up team principal at one of the best teams, uh, said, "Why, you know, why why would you hire Graham?" He said, "Because he talks too much." Ah, that's just who I am. I don't know really what to say. Uh, this year, well, it's kind of what Connor just said. First off, man, I grew up a massive fan of the sport. So take away take away driving, you know, I'm a massive fan of IndyCar racing, and it's what I've always loved. So this year, I feel like one of my things is like when I do an interview, like I want to get a little more in depth to explain to why we do what we do, because you got to find a way to hook a hook a fan in. You got to find a way to hook somebody like Toronto. I was meeting with a bunch of United Rentals folks that are, you know, I mean, I, five or eight of them maybe have been race fans, but the other 50 or 60 had never been to a race. Just trying to find one way to get them intrigued, one way to lock them in. And they ended up having the, the time of their lives. So that's all I'm trying to do is just something I don't know. Just try to get outside the box a little bit because, because I can, and I am coming. I'm not to the end yet, but I'm getting closer. Uh, and so in that regard, you know, I might as well say what I think. Well, I mean, I yeah. feel the same way. Like I've, I've always, like I, I, I definitely talk too much for sure, but like, I don't necessarily, I don't have like winning trophies like you do yet to, to back it up. Cause I feel like if you win, you can definitely say more, but like, yeah. we're, we're definitely working on it and we're going to get there at some point, but it's, it's also both of us, I think, talk from a point where like we actually just like really care about what we're doing. Like we love what we're doing. It's like it's also like puts food on our table, too. So like there's there's something that we will say something to better our series. Right. Like we want to be better. We want to, you know, because we were fans first. We grew up around it. We grew up in the paddock as kids. And like, you know, Joey's become a fan and we're you know we're make, trying to make all these new fans out of it. And sometimes you have to say things to get either the get the boat rowing or get something going a certain way because like because we all want this series to grow. And even I saw you know a tweet of yours last night about like you know being patient about our our, our like an indie car like something to yeah. get this show on the road or whether it's a show or whether it's something exciting because you got all this you know NASCAR street races, IMSA cool cars, and we're just kind of sitting here and we're like, what's going to happen? And I think I know what you were referring to. But I, I don't know yet. But I mean, obviously, you think there's some good positive things coming here for us eventually. Yeah, dude, I, I worry all the time. And I called Jay Fry. Jay's my boy. I love the man. Um, although I still think that the officials ruling in Toronto was garbage. But that's not that's a different topic. Well, um, yeah, same. <laughs> but, but, but like Jay, you know, like I'm on him all the time. And Bud and Jonathan Gibson, you know, at, 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 at uh, Penske Entertainment, like, guys, what, what is going on? Like Vegas, you know, 
F1 announces Vegas. NASCAR announces Chicago, which is great because guess what? Now they're not going to Road America. So come freaking all hang out with us. Forget about yeah. that. We put on a better show there anyway. So like, I'm all right with all of that. But as I said to him, like, I want to, like, what are we doing to push the needle forward? And I, the, the response I got, I can't put in a public forum. Yeah. But there's stuff happening. And it changed my opinion too, because I was like starting to be like, dude, like what for the we TV can't get show, left man, behind. We can't TV get left show, behind. Yeah. The TV show, I'm sure you were involved. It was supposed to be me and Jack and Gracie were featured. And so like, great. If that happens, great. But to be very frank with you, like me on a personal level, the last thing I really want is a TV camera following me around doing what I do. Like I'd much. We need it, Graham. I suggested you. I suggested you live my life. But you live a great lifestyle. People <laughs> like that stuff. We need a camera following Graham Ray right. all around. But uh, but I mean, but I do think on the racing side, like there's definitely some good stuff coming. Um, and dude, you look at the car count up. You know, you look at the places we're currently going. People forget, like, oh, IndyCar's done nothing. We got Nashville last year, downtown. What do you mean we're doing nothing? That's a big catch. And it was a yes. massive success. This year is going to be even better. Like that, it's not like they're sitting back doing nothing. Yeah. But I think what can come over the next two years is, is from what I heard, is awesome. And dude, if I got to go to bat and I got to go meet with politicians and, you know, try to get stuff to happen, I'm all in, man. I, you know, I was involved in the early Baltimore conversations with Lanigan. Like, I'll go do that. Now I'll, I'll speak and do what we can. But I think also getting sponsors like Hy-Vee in here um, moves the weight a lot because, you know, they're very influential in the state of Iowa. You know, the governor Reynolds out there in Iowa, like they love Hy-Vee. They're a massive employee owned company that, you know, getting companies like that more involved, but also getting companies that are already in the sport that are like that to push their weight around would make a massive difference. And I hope if, if Iowa does one thing, it's to get other sponsors to realize, Oh shit, we can do that too. You know, we, yeah. we can make that happen uh, no matter where, where you're from. So, um, you know, that's, that's great. I mean, look, I, I, I brought up to Jay Fry the other day too. Like I know we race in mid Ohio. I love mid Ohio, but <laughs> Cleveland's right up the road. That airport's empty. Yeah. Right? You know, it's a booming town. Like, hey, let's look at Cleveland. You know, what about a street race downtown Columbus, Ohio? You got Nationwide Arena. You've got the Cruise Stadium. You've got Ohio State. You've got Nationwide Insurance, one of my partners. You've got uh, Mark Kwame, who races in IMSA GT3 in the Cup. You know, Mark Kwame is a massively influential guy in central Ohio. You know, I feel like at least our name will have some value there. Like, racing down on the old Tangy river, like they did in 1986 when dad won the sports car, dude, that would be epic. And you know how young the fan base is in Columbus. Yep. Like right. dude, the, the ki they're kids. They're all college kids. That's what we need. So just putting different ideas in their head to kind of get the wheels going. Like that's, that's what it's all about, man. And we're going to keep trying to do that. All right. Honest Graham time. What do you think about Roman Grosjean right now? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, you know, he uh he's just still not my favorite guy uh he uh I, he just he's just that yeah, we'll leave it at that Grosjean or Rossi um in that case yeah uh I mean I I go with like a very frustrating racing incident yeah. <laughs> I think when you're I think when you're side by side up there dude like that's gonna be um 
when you're side by side up there, that's always going to be a tough one to, to, uh, to stay out of trouble. But uh, the thing is, I think, I think uh, Grosjean still, I, I strongly feel that he, he believes his car is a weapon and he's not afraid to use it. Um, you know, like Toronto, even we're going down the back straight on the start and I'm to his right. I am there. And he just squeeze, 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 squeeze. Like, I mean, he's just going to put me like, literally he was just going to drive me straight into the fence. And finally I thought to myself, you know what? It's lap one. Like I'm just going to bail out here and I'll just keep going. But I just think that that's like, there are guys who have great spatial awareness and that you race with, you can race with, like Simon Pagano, man. You can race Simon Pagano so hard. Um, I disagree. I was going to say. Really? <laughs> I disagree. Scott. Scott. <laughs> well, and maybe it's me, dude. Like, we've been racing each other literally 20 years. Or yeah, yeah. 7 to 18. And we've never had a ba- – you know, like, it's always been pretty – so maybe that that starts uh, then. Because, um, like, Grosjean certainly wouldn't say my spatial awareness is good, even though I'm sure I'm – highly to blame for barber being on the edge of the track um but anyway um but like dixie you know guys like that you can race you know race fair and then there's other guys that man you just flat out can't you know and that's that you've gotta you gotta know those dudes and we know them and that's just what we try to try to do we do and so i i have i have an interesting question more about the future of the sport because i think your brain definitely thinks about it at a high level and you mentioned, so we have high V that's brought back this incredible event in Iowa, right? That's two races. We only have 17 on our calendar. I personally, my, my, we need 20. I, like, I think 20 races equally spread out a yeah. good ske- like schedule like that. I like that idea, but you know, maybe it is, do we need more partners? Like, like, like I would like to go to Richmond, right? Like, I think we should go to Richmond. Like we were supposed to, I think we should go to, you know, maybe more street races like you, like you suggested as well. There's several tracks that could easily take an IndyCar race, but is it going to take a, a partner like Hy-Vee or whoever else you got, whether it's United Rentals or BitNile, whatever it is, like, you know, BitNile put a ton into our program, a yeah. ton into the sport. They love it. They've got hospitality sections. They're they're getting heavily involved. They love IndyCar racing. And there's got to be more people like that who see, you know, what goes on. And I'm very curious that like after this weekend, right? Because it's on NBC. So it's going to get great, you know, great yeah. coverage, two races, you know, DoorDash, Google, all these things. Like, is it going to need that type of business I guess exposure to get more events or I don't know what the answer think, is, but I like think, we need to get to 20 races, I think. Yeah. I, I well, first of all, 20 is magic in my head too. I've always yeah. said that. Um, I think that you're right on a business standpoint. I think business is critical that the, the, those sponsors that are very influential in those areas that, that they start to swing some weight around. But at the same time, man, we got Roger Penske and yeah. time too, like for Roger, and Greg and the family, like, dude, your, your power, your, your name power, but your business power in so many places is so great um, that, that, I would, that I would start flexing that muscle as much as possible. Not saying they're not, because if you look at like the new sp- you know, series sponsors and stuff, it might as well be whoever's on Joseph's car pretty much is, is a series <laughs> sponsor now. But at the same time, so, you know, clearly they're, they're flexing their muscle in that regard, which is great because it gives us all stability and we're happy to see them. But at the same time too, you know, Roger's connection to a lot of these municipalities, look at what he's done in Detroit. I mean, single-handedly, he's changed it. Now he doesn't want to go personally fund that, but if I'm looking at 20, where do I need to get? I'll just say it, man. And I'm going to upset some people in saying this, but like Portland's not very nice right now. Yep. Okay. Agreed. So 
I would leave Portland. I would go to Seattle or I would go somewhere in the Pacific Northwest. We need to be there. We need yes. to be there. Okay. So let's try to find something because you know who is, you know, NASCAR is looking there. F1 is going to look there because of the fact that, you know, all of the, 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 the Microsofts and everybody else that are, that are partnering there. Okay. But like you just said, we've got some tech involved in this business too. Let's go. Let's make that happen. Um, after that, you know, like I said, I would, I would actually look at trying to get a race, whether it's Cleveland or whether maybe even it's, uh, it's going towards Pittsburgh or something like that. Uh, very influential, obviously. Uh, there's another, I'm not going to say the name, but a competing bank that sponsors the number nine car that's not fifth third bank. <laughs> but obviously they're in Pittsburgh. So, you know, to do something down by Heinz, what is Heinz Field? Now I don't, what they, yeah. Come on. I don't care what they call it now. It's Hinesfield. To do something <laughs> down in that section with Joey, you've been there. There's hotels, there's restaurants, there's everything else literally right there. We could race right in the heart of Pittsburgh. And with Ganassi's connections and everything else, it could be super badass, man, to hit that. Well, bridges, tons I of bridges think, there. Yeah. And I think I think we got to go. I think we got to get dip up into Canada again. You know, yeah. look at the crowd in Toronto, man. But yeah. I think I can't. You know, why can't a Vancouver come back? Maybe you run a, a Edmonton. Seattle, you run a Seattle, Vancouver back to back. Or yeah, you go back to Edmonton. Edmonton was always a zoo. Uh, and on on the on the airport, it was always killer too. So, you know, with things like that, I feel like um it would be it would be great to to you know to see that happen. I mean, there's a lot of markets that are massive that um you know that I feel like could, could, you know, use an IndyCar race and it'd be highly entertaining. I would personally, I know this isn't maybe favorite topic in the daily household, uh, Bulls daily household, but I wouldn't have a second Indy Grand Prix. I think it's taken away from the first Indy Grand Prix. I like the first Indy Grand Prix that it's the kickoff to my month of May. Yes. I put my eggs in that basket and I would, I would focus on Indy is, is May, you know, May is Indy. Um, and we go through like, we go through that and then I'd hit some of these other markets. I mean, I understand the power of IndyCar, you know, on the Brickyard weekend and things like that. But to me, I would, I would try to hit, I agree. You know, we need to get some ovals on the track, on the, on the, on the deal too. So, you know, maybe Richmond, if you look at IndyCar's TV ratings, which I study all the time, not the actual <laughs> number, but the locations, right. I yes. look at where people are watching. Richmond is always way up there. You know, you're not going to get 100,000 people or 90,000 people in Richmond anymore. But let's be honest, when you go to a short oval and you get 30,000 and people are like, oh, that's a bad crowd. You know what? That's more than almost every other major sporting event gets on a weekly basis. That's, yes. more, than, that's more than the NBA is going to get at any game. That's more than the NHL is going to get at any game. That's more than 99% of the Major League Baseball franchises are going to ever get. I mean, you go to the Angels Stadium, not to knock on them, but there's 1,000 people there. You know, it's yeah. not so it's not that those crowds are bad. It's just the grandstands were built so massively that everything now looks kind of poor. Um, and in our sport, since Marlboro stopped just shelling out tickets to everybody, it kind of ruined the crowd in Richmond, but I still think Richmond's a great place. I think today's IndyCar formula formula is different than what we had in 08, 09 when we raced there. Um, so let's see, man. But I, I do think that there's, there's some good opportunities out there to go chase. Well, Graham, uh, I know we both could listen to you talk about all this for hours because you're a very smart guy, a very innovative guy, a very talented guy, and uh, we appreciate the time, man. We've been wanting to get you on, so uh, appreciate you taking some time today to 
influence us with your knowledge and uh, best of luck in Iowa this weekend, man. Yeah, I have one quick one, I want to get one quick reaction because I think it's funny to get everyone's reaction on how in the world did Alex Pelo sign for two different teams in one day? Please give us, please give us your quick reaction to that. I don't know, but all I know is it's going to cost some serious lawyer money now, baby. <laughs> I mean, you're a former Ganassi driver. We know Chip is a, he's, he's a tough fella. I mean, I don't know what's going to happen here, but it's going to be wild. Oh, dude, you got two, you got two giants in the room. You got two egos going. Uh, yeah, the only guys that are going to win in this case are the lawyers, brother. They're going to they're going to give a nice little payday and you know, I, I dude, I don't know what's going to happen. I keep asking your teammate, "Hey man, when are you announcing in the 10?" and he keeps a- acting like I'm a total idiot, you know, whatever. But I, all I know is like dude, you know, all right. The the thing that I don't get is like if you're Pelo, like dude, you're not going to do better there. You're not. Like, the Ganassi cars right now are fire, dude. The Indy 500, they were in a league oh. of their freaking own. Not even I know the McLarens finished up front, too, but they weren't even close. We, to what we were not going to beat Dixon. We were not oh. going to beat Dixon. Yeah. It's like, what do you mean? You know, why, why would you go? Okay, you got the F1 carrot. But that's now being dangled in front of 20 different kids. Like, <laughs> what do you? at some point, you got to go, all right. Like, Colton is likely that boy. Why is Colton like that boy? Because Colton is the single fastest dude I've ever seen in an Indy car, aside from willpower, in my yeah. opinion. And Zach's no idiot. There's money in America. Formula One's trying to come to America. Why wouldn't you have an American driver who clearly can win? Okay. So if I'm Polo and some of these other, like, I got to just go, hey, I'm going to stay here and keep winning my championships. And then maybe somebody else will give me a call. But man, it sounds pretty, sounds pretty sloppy. Sounds sloppy. We'll see what happens, man. Actually, I got one I, more I, for you. I got one more for you real quick. Not even on that. I know. I want to know. Uh, we're like 40 days away from college football. Ohio State's record. What happens for the Buckeyes? Dude, I think they're going to be really good this year. <laughs> we're good every year, but I feel like new new defensive coordinator. That was our only weakness last year. We led the nation in scoring in an offense. I mean, they can freaking score. That's not the problem. But you can't give up as many points. And, I, you know, I think – I think they go undefeated. Um, I think that they get to the college football playoffs, but for some bad reason, I just still feel like we're going to get beat by Alabama or somebody stupid. So <laughs> I got it. You're, you're boy, you're, you're, you're boy. Cause you're not playing Purdue. So your boy, your boy Nick Saban. You know what? I'll give you this. My buddy at Ohio state. Who's like, a genius dude at, at recruiting and stuff. He's the head of player development and recruiting at Ohio State. Mark, he's an amazing dude. He thinks the best Big Ten quarterback outside of uh, outside of Stroud, of course, is uh, is O'Connell. He loves that kid. He talks. I know. He, last year against Purdue, he was nervous. He's like, brother, this kid can sling a football. He's like, he's he is freaking good. So, you know, you guys got some talent there. So maybe. We'll see you towards the end of the end of the season. Can we even? Yeah, you're West, so we can it play each other. Chip. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see you there. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Graham. All right, guys. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, man. Incredible conversation there. I think uh, Graham, very knowledgeable guy, very smart person. Um, and yeah, we we hope you guys enjoyed that. Uh, two good guests in a row here for us. Uh, trying to get more and more uh, and more and more people involved, but um, great to just chat about you know, everything and even get a little sports talk in there, huh, Joey? 
Yeah, absolutely. I know Graham's a huge college football guy, big Buckeye, has the Buckeyes out all the time, whether it's Ezekiel Elliott or uh, – shoot, what's that quarterback's name? My gosh, it's going to blanking <laughs> on me now. Number one, Braxton Miller. Braxton, Braxton Miller. Miller. Braxton Miller are good friends. I know that uh, he's looking forward to college football. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, like Graham, I feel like he's like – and you've kind of hinted to it at least – definitely in your personal life like i feel like he's like kind of like the cool uncle of indycar right or like the the big <laughs> brother of indycar like he's the guy that you look up to he's like the steve harrington of indycar for those stranger things fans out there that's kind of what i get from graham ray hall <laughs> smart dude and, and really enjoyed talking to him so appreciate his time for sure yeah yeah i mean i i you're exactly right definitely like an older brother to me for sure um you know, I spent a lot, a lot of time with Graham back in the day. Like it was pretty funny. I mean, he even let me, you know, one of my Subaru broke down, he would let me borrow one of his cars. I mean, I, yeah, it, it was, uh, it was a lot of time spent there and, uh, and it was pretty cool. Graham actually funny story that I will tell really quick. Graham took me to like my first ever nightclub. I was, uh, I, I we were, uh, definitely underage. Uh, and I, like, we didn't drink at the time. Cause like we were very like straight, straight arrows but it was after the Indy 500. I was 18. He might have been 20. You know, he's not that much older than me. Um, and yeah, we, we went to the Indy 500 after party, probably 2010 or, or 2010, maybe. Um, and, and and yeah, I'll never forget like seeing Dan Weldon there, a place called Six downtown Indianapolis. Uh, I don't know if it's even there anymore, but uh, but yeah, went in with Graham. Uh, you know, had an incredible time. Thought it was the coolest thing ever just to be there with the, with the drivers at the party. Um, and, uh, and yes, yeah, so that's, that's, uh, that's our, that's our Graham Ray Hall story for sure. <laughs> now, and now he's expecting baby number two and, uh, he's yeah. a business owner and, you know, he's got more important things to do than, than dick around with us, but we appreciate his time nonetheless. All right, man. Uh, real quick. SRX, man, summer's flown by. I know you were on three of the broadcasts there doing a, just an absolutely phenomenal job uh, on the mic. But we got the championship. We got the, the last race, man, and our guy Marco Andretti, he has been driving his ass off this summer, and he has a chance to lock up an SRX title. How are we feeling? Yeah, no, it's, 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 it was great to watch. I got to see a little bit of it, um, you know, in Toronto. And Marco has done such a great job. Like, the guy has... Now three second place finishes in a row, which obviously second is tough. Like that, that's a mental battle. But like when, when it comes down to the championship, like if you're looking at it, he's done exactly what he needs to do. And, you know, he's got a, you know, got a few points ahead of, uh, ahead of P2 in the championship. And I mean, Ed Carpenter did tell me that the last track that they're going to is tough. It's a tough one. And he thinks Marco, it might not be as, as easy for Marco there. But realistically, you know, he's just got to think of it in championship formation, right? Stay ahead of P2 in the championship. Doesn't matter if it's, you know, fourth or fifth place, whatever gets you enough points. And, you know, obviously Tony Stewart's going to be fast again on the dirt. We know that. Um, very curious to see what Dave Blaney and Ryan Blaney do. You know what I mean? That's that's the Blaney family's now racing in SRX. So that'll be really cool. Um, so there's a lot of great stuff. Elliot this weekend too? I don't even know. I, I think there's a, there's a ton of people in it this weekend. I think they might have the big, they might have their biggest field yet. I don't even know. Uh, I have, yes, you're right. So I have the, I have the field right here. Ryan Hunter Ray, Paul Tracy, Matt Kenseth, Tony Kanon, Chase Elliott, Dave Blaney, Ryan Blaney, Tony Stewart, Michael Walter, Bobby Labonte, Ryan Newman, Greg Biffle, Marco Andretti. I mean, that's like, that's a wow. stacked cast right there. So it'll be great to see all those, uh, 
you know, massive NASCAR names go up against the IndyCar guys yet again. Um, but I, I, I think Marco pulls it off. I, I don't want to, you know, jump in that tank too early, but like, it's, it's going to be, you know, he, I think he's done everything that he needs to do. Um, and you know, it's going to be an interesting Saturday. I, I hope I can watch it in Iowa because I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see the, the, the cap off of that championship. Yeah, points as they stand now. Marco Andretti leading the way with 170. Ryan Newman behind him, 162. Tony Stewart, 157. Bobby Labonte, 155. Then Greg Biffle rounds out the top five with 130. So, like you said, man, stay clean. Stay ahead of those guys and, and bring home the title there, Marco. Yeah, absolutely. No, it's going to be good. Um, uh, so, yeah, we've, we've got a lot going on this weekend. I, I did of- ask him. I did ask him real quick. I said, uh, "What what's the celebration if, if, you know, when you win on Saturday, are we doing like New York, Miami? And he said he's got a lot down in Miami that he's staying at. So it's going to be Miami, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Marco's going to celebrate no matter what, whether he wins or doesn't. So that'll be that'll be awesome to be a part of. Uh, I won't be able to go, obviously, because I have a job to do. We still we're racing <laughs> until middle of August, it seems like. But, um, but yeah, a lot lot covered. Uh, it's going to be a great weekend this weekend in Iowa. It's, um, going to be a lot of fun. We got two races. Uh, we were fast in the test there. Um, you know, NASCAR is off this weekend as well, I believe. So that means that, uh, is NASCAR off? I think so. Yeah. 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 If Elliot's driving SRX. Yeah. If Chase Elliott's driving. Yeah. If Chase Elliott and Ryan Blaney are doing SRX, NASCAR Mm -hmm. has to be off this weekend. So I'm, I'm excited. I'm excited for a good, um, just a good, solid IndyCar weekend. Um, yeah, and we got to watch. Got to get the people back. I know there were people upset about the Peacock thing, and I don't really want to hear your upsetness because I'm sorry. It is what it is. People say, oh, of course, Indy. I, I saw so many tweets. It's like, oh, and they, they quoted us a lot, too. They're like, oh, well, you guys wonder why they're not getting rated. It's because it's on Peacock. I'm like, look, we know that. Like, but But you have to... I'm sure there are people who hated the fact that NASCAR was on USA network. You know what I mean? Like it's just a different Avenue. People have streaming services. Anyone that tweeted me angry about Peacock, they probably pay more money for Netflix a month. You know what I mean? They probably pay for certain things a month. Like we get it. Like I have like 12 different streaming services now, because again, there's so much stuff that you try to consume. um, And I'm an IndyCar fan. And you know what, if you didn't want to download it, that's totally fine. But don't be just mad about it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, but like, that's, that's where the world's going. I think in 10 years, you could see every motor racing series on a streaming service. You know what I mean? And guess what? Then it's not going to be so foreign. You're going to be like, well, we complained about it 10 years ago, but now it's going to be great. So I, yeah. I know it's tough. I, I, I know people wanted to watch it and I know I've, I haven't seen any numbers yet. No one released any numbers yet. It makes me nervous. I don't, I'm pretty <laughs> sure not many people watched it, but um but it is what it is, and and we're going to be right back on NBC this weekend. Uh, it's got a we're going to we're going to double header, uh, and we're going to be going for the win. Certainly for for our camp, we want to we want to get trophies. So uh, I can't wait to get there. Yeah, dude. Well, I'm 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 I got a busy weekend this weekend at home. One of my best friends getting married on Friday, and then uh, first baby shower for the boy on Saturday. So got a stacked weekend, or else I'd be out there in Iowa because it looks like it's just going to be a blast. Uh, but yeah, the the level of the, the level of stubbornness and stick it to the man neosis of people online to refuse to pay the $5 to watch the IndyCar race is really astounding. 
Yeah, definitely tough to uh, to hear the flack that that IndyCar is getting it as a series. And, and the one thing that I would like to say as well before we get to the Ricky Treadway random Indy 500 driver of the week is like no one is doing it on purpose. Like the, the, there are some people that like start throwing things like, why would IndyCar do this to us? It's like no one is doing it on purpose. Do, do you think that like IndyCar and like big Penske is like, yeah, we hate our fans. So we want to make sure that they can't watch races on network NBC. It's like, no, like that's the dumbest thing I've literally ever heard in my entire life. If you can't for one second think that like we or like our people that are working for IndyCar don't want people to watch, like that's absurd. And so sometimes it's, this is business. Like this is big television. Like you're dealing with NBC here who put on, you know, the Super Bowl, the Olympics, like huge things. And everyone is fighting for that TV time. And guess what? Toronto, we couldn't get an, we couldn't get a, a window of television. So guess what we're going to try? We're going to go to Peacock. And guess what? That was like really, uh, it was actually pretty unique when you look at it because it was really the first top level auto racing series that was purely on a streaming service. So it's very interesting. And I'm sure ABC, CBS, were also paying attention to that. Like, hey, that's really interesting. Like, I, I, I'm very curious to see how that worked out for them. So I, I still think it's a little early for that type of switch, but no one is out to get our IndyCar fans. There's no one, no, no one at IndyCar is like, oh yeah, I can't wait to like really make everyone hate us for this reason. Like that is just, it's the dumbest. If you're thinking that you're wrong because sometimes it's, it's, it's not everything is going to go our way. Sadly, life is hard. I hate to inform people of that, but life is not easy. And you know what? Guess what we all want? We want four different manufacturers. We want 30 car fields. Every driver wants to be making $10 million a year. But guess what? That's not happening. Everyone's working to try to get there and we're trying to get better. We're trying to do everything as best we can. But everyone else is doing the same thing. NBC has to make sure that they you know, they, they keep their, you know, they, they keep their business running. You know what I mean? They keep, they have 10,000 other sports that they got to deal with as well. So, you know, I know we want to be selfish about it, but we gotta, you know, we, we just, we, we have to be supportive of what we got and we do have more network races than we've ever had. And so let's be excited about that. Now we will get well, to also- the, Hold on. I do want to, I know, but I do have to put in there about the streaming. I don't know if anybody's seen, anybody's been online. There's a lot of football fans. There's a lot of NFL fans. You know what the NFL is doing after next year? They're moving the Sunday ticket to a streaming service. Okay. So that's just the way that everything's going. The world, the, the biggest sports league and, and damn near the world, definitely the USA is moving to that. So that's just how it's going to be. Sorry. Exactly. Yeah. And so, you know what? It's times are changing. Times are changing. <laughs> Bob Dylan. And, uh, and we are, are going to get right into our random Indy 500 driver of the week to close out the show. Uh, a lot of people love this, this segment, which is really, really cool. Um, and, you know, I, I, went, I went very, very old yet again um, nice. to try to uh, – I went to the 1948 – Indy 500. Now there's a, there's several people in here that we have talked about before, uh, several people that several names that are already on our list. Um, but, uh, I am just kind of, you know, going around and I was going to find the 33rd place finisher. 
33rd place finisher. His name is Harry McQuinn. And Harry McQuinn is currently going into my Googleizing device. We're going to go to his Wikipedia page, born in 1905. Very old human being. Uh, probably <laughs> probably dead. Uh, he died January 1st, 1986. Um, but, oh, wow, he's an Indiana guy. Born in Nineveh, Indiana. Nineveh, Indiana. Um, in several Indy 500s, 1934, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41. And then the war, I think, happened. And then there was 46 and 48. So 1948 was his last, his last Indy 500. Um, but actually, after McQuinn retired, Harry McQuinn, he was appointed the chief steward at Indianapolis and head of the champ car division for AAA and USAC. So that's pretty cool. Uh, Indiana guy, again, people will probably be upset for me for not knowing Harry McQuinn, considering he's an Indiana guy, Nineveh, Indiana, uh, and died in Morgantown, Indiana. Um, but that is our uh, random Indy 500 driver of the week this week. Finished 33rd in his uh, final Indy 500. Two top 10 finishes, both of them being seventh, one in 1938 and one in 1941. How about it? Harry McQuinn. Cool. So there it is, the random Indy 500 driver of the week. Uh, great to have everyone with us once again this week. Awesome show yet again. Um, we are going to Iowa this weekend. Going to be a great time. Uh, we're going to watch it on NBC because we're all great supporters. And uh, we appreciate everyone listening yet again. Uh, all the supporters of this show, people that come up to us every weekend in Toronto. It was great to hear from a lot of fans that say they listen to Speed Street. That's awesome to hear. Keep telling us that. Keep tweeting at us. Keep telling us what you think about the races and what we have to say on this podcast. And, um, and we'll see you next week uh, on, on Speed Street. Check out Dirty Mo Media on YouTube, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Dirty Mo. Dirty Mo.